This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Christians, in our gospel lesson for this morning, Jesus sees two different people who come from different life circumstances, different everyday realities, and yet are still united together in that both of them receive mercy from Jesus. Immediately before our gospel lesson begins, Jesus is teaching his disciples and John the Baptist's disciples. And what he's telling them is that the Messiah will not fit into the old way of thinking. That all those preconceived notions that came before won't actually match when the Messiah arrives. He says it this way, New wine bursts old wineskins. A new unshrunken patch tears away from an old, many times washed garment. Things that God is doing won't match exactly what people want or think. As Jesus is finishing these words, a man bursts into the midst of their conversation. It's a prominent man from nearby. Mark and Luke tell us that his name is Jairus, and that he is a ruler of the synagogue. A ruler of a synagogue is kind of like the president of a congregation, the head elder wrapped into one person. Jairus is in charge of making sure everything in the synagogue goes the right way. He's in charge of making sure there's an organist. He's in charge of making sure that the lights are on and the heat is running. He's in charge of the happenings of his synagogue. You can imagine that a man who has that position... He's an important person in society. You can imagine a man that had that position has lots of people who want to catch his ear. You can imagine he has influence, that he gives advice and opinions when he's asked. But in our gospel lesson for today, this important man, Jairus, is seeking out Someone else. Jairus needs Jesus. You see, he boldly enters this conversation between Jesus and the disciples because he needs help. His daughter is sick to the point of death, perhaps only minutes left if she is still alive at all. He needs help. And he believes that Jesus is the one who can help him. And so he comes in. He interrupts the conversation. He falls down on his feet, on his face at the feet of Jesus. An act of worship. 
And he confesses out loud who he believes Jesus is. If you but lay a hand on her, she will live. When an important person comes in and begs for help, people help. Jesus and his disciples get up. They begin the journey to Jairus' house. They follow after him. After all, Jesus always desires to give mercy. Jesus is eager to show compassion. That makes sense to us, doesn't it? If an important person asks for help, of course the pastor will go. If a head honcho in a local congregation needs a favor, of course, the pastor will go. He'd want to pay back the man who had done so much in the synagogue. He'd want to pay back the man who made sure he got a paycheck. He'd want to keep the guy with an important position happy. Plus, who knows what kind of good publicity helping out the ruler of the synagogue might bring. Of course, Jesus will go and help this man, won't he? It makes sense. It's the way that the world works. And so, Jesus follows Jairus. As they're walking down the street towards Jairus' house, our Lord Jesus is approached by another person. In a much less bold sort of way. The person who approaches Jesus is less prominent. A less wealthy individual. It's a woman, a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years. She sneaks in from behind Jesus. She doesn't want to be seen. After all, the bleeding that she's experiencing meant that she was ceremonially unclean. Jewish people who touched blood weren't allowed to go to the synagogue. They weren't allowed in church. And anyone who touched a person who was unclean became unclean themselves. So this woman hadn't been to church in years. She hadn't been able to gain any favors from the local people. She hadn't been able to make many friends. She'd hardly been able to talk to people at all. She had no family, not at least children, as her condition prevented conception. She hadn't been able to gain a lot of financial wealth. No one would hire her. And medical bills, seeing doctors asking for a cure, what's going on? 
ate up whatever money she had. And her condition was sort of embarrassing, difficult to talk about, to explain. And so she lives a shy, introverted, separated, poor life. She's quite different than Jairus, isn't she? Perhaps she's even less deserving according to the way the world sees things. But she does have something that is the same in her as it was for Jairus. Jairus had confessed out loud about Jesus that if only you will lay your hand upon my daughter, she will be healed. A confession of faith. And this woman also believes. She confesses within her own heart, if I only touch the fringe of Jesus' cloak, I will be healed. She believes that Jesus can help her just as he can help Jairus. And so, two people from very different lives, with very different needs, come to Jesus, begging from him mercy. One is wealthy, one is poor, one is bold, one is shy, one is educated, one is not educated. One is prominent and one is unknown. One is popular, one is alone. But both are there to receive from Christ. Now, how do we view this situation? What do we think about it? Jesus now has two people to care for. Which one should he take care of first? Which person is it more important for him to help? Which one will be of more benefit to him? Which one is more pressing in need? One would think that a person about to die is more in need of help than someone who's dealt with something for 12 years and is still alive. One would think that healing Jairus' daughter would be more beneficial for the life of Jesus. That people would follow him and believe in him more. That the news would spread like wildfire. After all, this poor woman, who does she know that she could talk to? She's not even brave enough to directly ask for help. What should Jesus do? How should he act? Couldn't he just rush and run to the bedside of the dead girl and then come back later and find the woman? 
She's waited for 12 years. Surely she could wait for a few more hours. What would you do? What would you think? Dear Christian, Jesus doesn't fit the mold. He doesn't do what we expect. He doesn't do what we always want. The wineskins are burst. The new patch is torn off the old garment. Jesus shatters our expectations because Jesus has mercy on all. Jesus has compassion on all. Jesus loves all. He turns to the woman. He preaches a simple, short sermon to her. Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And she is instantly healed at his word. And then he continues on to Jairus' house. And as Jairus confessed, with a mere touch of his hand, Jairus' daughter is restored from the sleep of death. Jesus silences all the scoffers as this happens, and the word of his mercy was spread throughout all the region. Jesus has mercy on all. He has compassion on all. He cares for all. He desires every single person to repent of their sin, to repent of themselves, and to receive his mercy and grace. He doesn't discriminate. He doesn't distinguish between one or the other. He desires to pour himself out generously upon every person in need. That means he desires to have mercy even on you. You need mercy, don't you? Just as much as the people in our gospel lesson. Though you are separated by 8,000 miles and 2,000 years, you are united with those in our gospel lesson. You are united with the bleeding woman. You are united with Jairus. You are united with his daughter. You are united in your need. And you are united in receiving God's mercy. You need mercy because you, just like them, have sinned. And you deal with the real earthly consequences of sin upon your life. But as you have need of mercy, you seek to justify yourself. You compare and prioritize your need against the need of others. You think that you need more help than the person across the sanctuary. That your issue is more pressing than your fellow Christian. And when you tell yourself this, 
You fail to realize that we, as we hear so often now, are all in this together. We all have great need. Death strikes you just as it strikes the others gathered with you. You, like Jairus, have lost loved ones, perhaps parents, grandparents, siblings, children, or friends. You, like all people, have stood in cemeteries. You have looked into caskets of people that you love, just as all have. You have medical issues that need to be dealt with, just like the woman in our gospel lesson, just like all people. You've heard the diagnoses spoken, cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, COVID, heart disease, stroke, pneumonia, and more. And so have others. You've suffered. You've watched your loved ones suffer. All suffer as a result of sin. Do you have greater claim on Christ's mercy as you face these issues? Because you've been at church more? Because you've given more? Because you are more prominent? Because of any reason at all? Are you more deserving of what Christ has to give than the other people God has compassion on? I'm not asking to lessen what you face. You do need mercy. It's true. You need mercy from Jesus, compassion from God, compassion from the Son of God. And so does every other person that you meet. Repent of your sinful desire to elevate yourself above others. Repent and trust in the compassion of Jesus. Jesus is eager to give mercy. Jesus loves all sinners, even you. The same Jesus who raised the daughter of Jairus will one day raise you from the dead. The same Jesus who had compassion on the poor, bleeding woman has compassion on you. Jesus loves you and desires to provide for you, whether you are bold or shy, rich or poor, popular or alone educated or uneducated, sick or healthy, dead or alive. 
Jesus desires to have compassion on you. And Jesus shows what his compassion is in what he does for you. He bears your sin. He took it from you in the waters of holy baptism. And he carries it step by step, day by day, to Jerusalem, to Golgotha, to the cross, to death. And all of that is done to show mercy and compassion to you. Your sin dies with Jesus on the cross. Your life is brought safely through death with him into life in his resurrection. His blood has washed away all of your sin. It has made you clean. It is an atoning sacrifice for your sin. His cross counts for your forgiveness. His death on the cross destroys your sin and restores your corrupt fallen body to life, life to the full. Jesus has mercy on you. Jesus promises that you will one day live forever. And that death will slowly fly further and further into the rear view mirror. Jesus has mercy on you, no matter what you face, no matter who you are, no matter what. Jesus has mercy on all. And dear Christian, having received this great mercy from Jesus, you now also have mercy on those who are around you. Perhaps a way to think about it is like this. Jesus pours out his mercy upon you like a fire hose. And it splashes and spreads to all of the people around you. You have mercy on others. You are little Christ's giving to others what you have first received from God. And as you give mercy and care to others, God keeps on pouring out more mercy and care upon you. You love as you have been loved. You help as you have been helped. You feed as you have been fed. You have compassion as Jesus had compassion on you. Dear Christian, Jesus has mercy on you. Jesus gives you life. Jesus cared for Jairus and his poor daughter. Jesus cared for the poor bleeding woman And Jesus cares for you, dying and rising for your sin. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.